Hey everyone, before we get to today's episode, I wanted to let you know that starting last week, Holy Smokes has been doing virtual Holy Smokes three or four times every week on Zoom. In fact, today, Tuesday, March 31st, starting at 3 p.m. Mountain Time and extending past 10 p.m. Mountain Time, we're going to have a seven-hour Holy Smoke. So sign in when you're ready to light up and hang out until you need to get off. Look for that link in the events tab in the secret Facebook group or private message us through the public Facebook page. Stay tuned to that events tab in the group because we will have some events that will be streamed to the main page. We may do events longer than seven hours on the weekends. Who knows? Join us sometime, though. Let us know your thoughts. You can message me at facebook.com slash stevewriter or private message through the Facebook page at facebook.com slash holy smokes cigar club. These have been a blast. I personally got to know more of you in the audience in the last week than the last six months combined. So come on. Join us. Thanks. Welcome to the Holy Smokes Podcast, a show about faith, friendship, fine tobacco and drink. I'm Steve Ryder, and I want to say it was a couple years ago, I started hearing about this book called The Christian Gentleman's Smoking Companion by Ted Cluck and Zach Bartels. And there was something about it that really piqued my interest and a couple guys that kind of shared it around and I kind of flipped through it and looked through it and I was like, yeah, I need to get this. And I got it last year and I reached out to Zach and Ted and we're finally getting this interview going. And so Zach and Ted, welcome to Holy Smokes. Steve, Thank thanks you. for having us, man. And thanks for buying the book too. That's huge. Well, it's made its rounds, especially because... Um, you guys have a story about Marcos Ruiz in the Miami area, and he's a holy smoker. He's been in the That's group amazing. for a few years now. So, so yeah, we, Ruiz is a great dude. Shout out to Ruiz, Ruiz is always on the list. That's right. He's one of our favorites. So, where did the idea for this book come from, Zach? Well, uh, Ted and I have been writing together since about 2010. We have imprint, and uh, Ted and I have both published uh, traditional books, and uh, we do this indie deal. Ted was doing traditional way earlier than I was, and so our first kind of foray into making something indie, something that wouldn't have tested well with the feasibility studies of you know, all the middle-aged women who run Christian publishing, um, <laughs> it was about the emergent church. Yeah. And then we did one about our own kind of bubble, the young Restless Reformed at the time. Uh, you haven't heard of it, the whole movement, I can tell. But <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> who's Kevin DeYoung, he said. But Ted had written a big book with Kevin DeYoung, too, actually. Why We're Not Emergent, Why We Love the Church. Yeah. And we thought it'd be fun to kind of, I don't know, I, Ted, were we kind of writing the stuff that you wanted to say in those two books but couldn't? Is that what we were doing? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it was just stuff that... We couldn't necessarily make a payday on in traditional publishing, but that we just wanted to have some fun with. And I think as a writer, you reach a point in your career where you're doing stuff and you're really thankful to do stuff and thankful that there are people paying you to write. But probably for every writer, there's a little percentage of things that they wish they could do, but they don't really get to. So that was right when print on demand technology kind of started to pop yeah. in publishing. Yeah. And we were just like, why aren't we doing this ourselves? So... Uh, so we did. We are media moguls now. We have a, mm -hmm. a publishing company and a podcast called The Gut and Check Podcast. And coffee. And coffee. We're in the coffee business. So uh, we're really? now like 
Yeah, inspecting, you know, beans, walking through the groves, being coffee moguls as well. How'd you guys get into that? Well, I got into it. I mean, I feel like I have to be like, come clean here, Zach, and say what? Don't come clean. Okay. (laughs) We have partnered with, I don't know where it is in your metro area, Steve, or what it's like, but like where we are, you can swing a cat in any direction and hit like some hipster who's roasting coffee on his own and has a company. (laughs) So we've partnered with one of these guys in an exclusive sponsorship agreement where he sends us coffee to talk about warmly on the podcast and we talk about it warmly so we're in the coffee business only to that degree well the name except you also if you swing another cat you'll hit guys that turned into realtors and don't roast coffee anymore (laughs) that's true and so we've we've recently moved coffee guys yeah and that's fun and by exclusive deal ted meant uh, us and the happy rant podcast and the church curmudgeon and (laughs) whatever barnabas piper's other podcast was called and uh, I think, like, the Miami Dolphins were also doing a thing with Hector Ligaris. Oh, uh, love the Dolphins. Love the Dolphins. <laughs> Steve, have you heard of the Happy Rant podcast? No, I have not. That's okay. So, Steve, okay. Y- you are more of a cigar guy than a Christian pop culture guy. Very much true, yeah. Okay. When I left working for Dobson eight years ago, I kind of stepped Wait back. Wait a minute. James home. Dobson? Yeah, I worked for him for 15 Shh. years. I was the chief audio engineer at Focus and the second employee he hired to help start Family Talk when Focus finished that leadership transition. And I left Family Talk burned out completely and totally. And so, Puberty. In part because I was doing two daily radio broadcasts with half the staff I had to Focus to do one, and it was just killing me. It absolutely was. I couldn't step back from the workload and take a look and see... How do I do this with what I've got? Because I was so wrapped up in doing things the focus way, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. That it just, it killed me. And there was a lot of stuff going on in the background during those years, the last couple of years at Focus, the two and a half years that I was at Family Talk, that Mm -hmm. God was radically transforming my paradigms. I was becoming disenfranchised with evangelicalism as a whole. I was really becoming disenfranchised with the rights, the religious rights, and just some hypocrisies and just stuff that a lot of stuff was going on. And so I've really, over the last eight years, kind of looked at it from afar, but not been super involved, still very involved in my church. And so, yeah. Dude, so uh, quick focus on the family thing. Yeah. My wife learned about sex from James Dobson's sex tapes. Same so here. That was Ooh. that was before your time as a producer. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, tip of the cap to whoever put those together in the 80s. They were my, doing good work. My mom locked me in her bedroom, gave me the cassettes, <laughs> and said, you're listening to this. And so, Dude, that's outstanding. So Doc that's had a good... He, he would smile when I would tell that story because he'd be Dude, like, yeah, Doc that's had, not the way that that's supposed to happen. You're supposed to go out on a trip and... Yeah, through it with the doc had kind of an embargo on the learning about sex tape industry back then. He, oh my gosh, yeah, he cornered yeah. that market for years and years and years. It was the only Absolutely. thing that was out there, dude. So my lady's mom did take her on a trip, and she did the whole bait and switch <laughs> where she was like, "We're going on a girls' weekend," and my wife was thinking like shopping and pedicures, but it was just a whole lot of Dobson sex tapes and uh, fallopian and tubes and yeah. <laughs> It was a tough, <laughs> tough moment for her. Well, I love your book, The Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion, because I love the way that it's set up. It's set up in little bits and chunks so that someone can open it up and just read something, read a short story or read a, you know, you have basically short FAQs, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. what are the various parts of the cigar, the wrapper and the filler and the band and all that. And then you also have stories and you have little anecdotes and your humor comes out really throughout the entire book. 
Um, what's your favorite story for each of you? Zach, what about you? Favorite story? Um, I think I really like the uh, the stuff about the Pope that pulled out the stogie, offered it to the, the bishop, and uh, when he was turned down because the guy was too holy, kind of just like uh, shut him down. If it was a sin, I wouldn't have given it to you. Yeah. That's good stuff. And everything involving Spurgeon. I'm such a Spurgeon maniac. Yeah. And... Even like the stupid little things like getting up really early with his students and they're in a carriage and they pull out, they're all excited because he's the smoking professor, you know, and pastor. And so they all pull out pipes, cigars, start lighting up. And he says, aren't you ashamed to smoke this early in the morning? And they all kind of like, you know, sheepishly extinguish everything and put it back in their pockets. And, huh. and then he pulls out a stogie himself. And they say, but I thought you said you were ashamed. He said, no, I asked if you were ashamed. I'm not ashamed to smoke anytime. <laughs> uh, I love that kind of stuff. I, I love the kind of timelessness of the cigar and how it kind of connects us back to a time when men were men and having a being a giant grizzly bear of a man with a big, amazing, glorious beard meant that you were an actual man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the few things where, like, the tech hasn't changed over the years. Like the cigar is, <laughs> is largely the same as it yeah. was all those years ago. And I think my favorite part, Zach, was just the kind of ha-ha stuff that we came up with on the fly. Like I'm looking at it now for the first time in a couple of years and great moments in literature and film if a main character was replaced by cigar aficionados, James <laughs> Suckling. So we had a lot of we had a lot of fun with those suckling scenarios. And then something we did at the very end that I thought was a blast was we just pre-wrote all the hate mail that we would get for the book. So we did hate mail templates <laughs> in the that. back. Yeah. And it's funny how even dated that is now though, because like nobody even does hate mail anymore. It's all just like angry Twitter comments in 140 characters. But I didn't think I would ever be wistful for actual hate mail, but I think I'm getting nostalgic <laughs> for it. Did you guys get any kind of negative feedback about it? Dude, oh, yeah. Did really? We? Oh, blocked yeah. blocked it all Dude. out. What did we get? Now, Ted and I are, uh, we're like hetero life mates from way back now. Yeah. Um, so I know him very well, and I know I like that, that he, term, hetero life mates. Yeah. I stole yeah. it from Jay and Silent Bob. He blocks <laughs> out anything that just made him feel bad. And I think, man, if I could absorb any characteristic from any of my friends, it would be that one. Because I will just sit there and rehash you know, this stuff over and over again, any kind of angry interaction or anything. And so I do remember very well, the thing had been out for all of a day. Oh, no. And it did pretty well. Back when we were just starting Gut Check and we were really in the right moment, I mean, like newspapers would cover the stuff. I mean, it was yeah. a pretty big deal. And there were, uh, in our little sphere... Everyone was talking about this thing before it came out, and Frank Turk and Phil Johnson and some other guys that had some connection were talking about it, and the Gospel Coalition was sort of trying to shut us down at one point, what? Uh, so that helped our cred a little bit. <laughs> That's an exaggeration, but sort of. There was some of that. But uh, it, was, it had been out about a day. There's no way this person had gotten a hold of it or read it. Actually, I think we had three the first day, one-star reviews. Um, really? That were basically like, this is uh, sin being justified and celebrated, and mm. my grandpa died. of Basically, the kind of the stuff from the, <laughs> the, the appendix. And we have several very good friends and devotees of the Gutch. We call them the Gutchek Army, yeah. which is about a thousand men and women who like our stuff and support our stuff. And people just descended on those reviews, and two of the three were retracted and deleted within 
a week. And the other one still stands. There's still a one star out there somewhere just uh, floating around. I don't remember any of that, but that's a good story. And, Dude, uh, Biatch got on that. Our good friend Brad Atchison, whom we call Biatch, he got on there and just kind of like <laughs> answered the guy point for point because you can comment on people's reviews. Yeah. And the guy eventually just kind of gave up and deleted it. <laughs> I thought, I don't, it's kind of sad that I was so happy to see that happen because one-star reviews are really good for a book at the end of the day. But I have a fragile ego, and, and I liked watching them disappear. I do too. It, that story is emblematic of like everything that I hate about being alive and doing media in, in the context <laughs> yeah. that we're in. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> It's horrible. Like, Steve, I want to be a writer in, like, the 1950s. That's my dream job. So somebody work on a flux capacitor and, like, get me out of here. (laughs) Ted, you basically are a writer in the 1950s. (laughs) My boy's not on Twitter. He's not on Facebook. He's not on any of this stuff. He doesn't read any of his reviews. This stuff doesn't really affect you. I don't know. I mean, what's what's the downside for you? Yeah, well, I mean, just knowing that. I see Knowing people, okay. yeah. I see people ripping each other to pieces, and that makes me sad. Even though it's not me that's involved, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it's just a, it's a lot, man. I think it's not to get all college professor on it here for a moment, but I think it's lowered the level of discourse. You know what I mean? Oh, I think sure. we're yeah. Oh, yeah. we're worse people because of it, and that kind of bums me. Which I think is one of the beautiful things about long form podcasting. These conversations that we're having, whether it be Holy Smokes, you guys. Rogan, I don't know the name of your podcast, but (laughs) (laughs) what is the name of the podcast now that we're talking about it? It's called the Gut Check Podcast. Gutcheckpress.com slash podcast. Subscribe. All right. But I know for me, one of the best pieces of feedback that I ever got back about the podcast was a guy who owns a funeral home and he's in his early 80s in southeast Kansas, has never had a cigar and grew up Mm. in a denomination that looks down upon that. And he said, I just happened to stumble onto this, and you guys are breaking legalism's hold on my heart. Mm. And I wish, he says, I wish for the last 50 years I would have had relationships like you guys talk about. Mm. And for me, it was like, oh, that's the whole purpose of Holy Smokes. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. There is nothing like a cigar for each person uh, to get a group of guys talking. I mean, like, I I wouldn't want to see a group, you know, passing around one cigar. But, like, my experience (laughs) has been. If there's a guy that's kind of hurting in my church and I say, you know, are you okay? I mean, just like would be the case with me, the walls come up. Now nah, I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. Appreciate your concern, but don't worry about it. But if I say, why don't you come over and sit in the Nakatomi cigar room with me and we'll have a cigar together. Sure. And then it's very natural. You know, people start to disclose because it's a hourglass. This thing is going to, especially if I give you a cigar. Now, with Ted, he'll smoke like a third of it and throw it out. But like a lot of guys, <laughs> if I give you a cigar, you feel honor bound to smoke the whole thing because no one can finish it. You know, so it basically says we're going to be in this chair together. We're going to be in this room together for 40 minutes. And now what are we going to do? We're just going to kind of talk like men. We're not going to feel so, but we're going to talk. And I think it's, we've lost that in so yeah. much of life. I know one guy who will like dink around with his cell phone and tweet and stuff while having a cigar. But I think intrinsically men know when you're doing something this manly, you don't pull out your cell phone like a teenage girl and mess around with it. You sit. And you look out into, you know, you're like Ron Swanson enjoying scotch. You know, you're just going to look at nature. You're going to talk a bit and it's going to be good for everybody. Yeah. 
So talk to me a little bit about your backgrounds. Where'd you guys grow up? Where'd you come from? How'd you get into writing and podcasting? And you talked about coffee. Where you guys are? Where are you going? Yeah. yeah. It's actually a little bit complicated. Ted's my stepdad. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just I'm kidding. Not. Go ahead, Ted. Also, it's interesting, Zach, that you mentioned gender as much as you did, in that it's a thing that I'm afraid to mention anymore, oh. <laughs> in, it, in as much as I'm a college professor and I'm not allowed to talk about it in any way. But, I meant uh, back when there was gender. I didn't mean now. I feel like I'm on a podcast in the 80s. This is this is fun. Like drink some. Dream come true territory for me. But no, I uh, to answer your question, I grew up in Indiana, grew up in the middle of a cornfield, went to college to play football. I was a college football player, had no inkling of ever writing or doing anything intellectual with my life at all, and then broke my leg twice, had a big operation, met a, a really cute, smart girl at my college, and we've been talking about writing together for 23 years. She's my wife now. So she was the one who, who really encouraged me to do it. And like many evangelical kids with no clue as to what to do after college, we spent a year on the mission field. And I wrote a whole bunch there and got some stuff published when we got back. And we've been doing it ever since. So about five years ago, took a full-time faculty position at Union University here in Jackson, Tennessee. I almost teaching. went to school there. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead that's serious. Wild. Yeah. What were you going to study? Radio. At the time, okay. it, had a solid, it was a good Christian school, had a solid yeah. radio program, and so that's where I was thinking about going. Fascinating, man. Well, still is a good Christian school. A little plug for my employer, Union. <laughs> but no, I love teaching here. It's a lot of fun to teach kids about writing and encourage them, and I feel sometimes like I'm an au pair to like 200 kids, but on the good days, it's great, and I love it. Wasn't Union the one that got hit by a tornado a few years ago? Yeah, about a decade ago. Yeah. yeah. Wiped out some dorms. Nobody was seriously injured or killed, though. It was kind of miraculous. Yeah. Though, given the I damage. I remember to the seeing that on the news. And, yeah. That's why you responded with such urgency when that siren went off. We were <laughs> podcasting a couple of years ago, and yeah. all of a sudden, Ted was like, I got to go. There's a siren. I got to go. And yeah, then he was yeah. gone. Yeah. I was like, hello. And then I, I could imagine like the podcast mic dangling like a, like a payphone. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to jump in here as Ted talking about writing with his lady. Yeah. They've written some stuff together. And they wrote a book together about family idolatry, which is a bit of a problem in our small circles of reform them Calvinism. And my wife, who also works in publishing, uh, helped them name it. They named it Household Gods, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. But not any more brilliant than the original plan, which I think was Ted's idea, which was focus on... Off the family. Ooh. Right, Ted? Ooh, dude, you're right. That's another thing I had forgotten about. Zach knows and more about my career than I do. Yeah. I love this. I know more about Ted's uh, whole life, actually. I know like more about what clothes he owns and stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But the publisher said, why don't we call it Focus of the Family? And he was like, yeah, why don't we not? Because that's the opposite of what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. I think they were afraid of Dobson, though. Dobby might come out swinging. Dude, I was. Yeah, aren't we all, though, at the end of the day? <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a, kind of a Don Corleone figure in many ways but no we cooler heads prevailed we went with household gods and uh, and nobody bought the book so you know <laughs> everyone that lived happily be, ever after dobson may be the only guy like of that stature we don't make fun of in our end times parody novels re-raptured and re-raptured again dude we really don't i think because at the end of the day we have no beef with dobby you know right, other right, than yeah, the, yeah. the weird sex tape thing and and the fact that he says puberty puberty <laughs> <laughs> does well, one of the things that, that I've noticed is as I've become friends with the guys over at Babylon B, Ethan and Kyle, mm-hmm. who are big cigar guys. I don't know if you know. Nice. They, I've no, had no. them on the podcast and they're great, great dudes. 
they also haven't made fun of Doc very often. Interesting. I mean, I think it's only one like or he, two. One where Doc was the villain in a oh, what's his name? The dude from uh, Growing Pains. Kirk oh, Cameron. Kirk Cameron. Cameron. Doc yeah. was the villain in a Kirk Cameron action film. And then there was another one that, because I remember looking for Dobson, and I'm like, I told Ethan, I'm like, you guys got to make fun of Doc a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I associate James Dobson with riding in the backseat of my mom's Cutlass Supreme in like 1988 with Family Life Radio on. I don't associate him with like now. I think that might be why people aren't making fun of him much. Everyone's hateful now, and they were less hateful back then, I think. Yeah, yeah, even though like everything he said about like... You know, like I remember somebody gave me that one book about raising boys when we found out that we were going to have a son. Bringing up boys. And there was like a Got whole right section here. about like, here's how to not make him gay. And there was another section that was like, here's how to make sure he's not gay. And I'm like, dude, if they wrote this now, if they came out with this newly now, the whole, I mean, the Twitter would blow its brains out all over the screen. But I think it like it gets grandfathered hit. in. Yeah, nah, it did hit the fan in 2001 when that book came out. There was really? a lot of they, meaning whoever didn't like us, increased the amounts of uh, protests across the street. And yeah, there free there publicity, were, baby. Yeah. Hmm. Very early in the days of the Internet. That's before crazy. social media. Yeah. That guy's son now runs one of these radio programs. I picked it up just by accident not that long ago. And I was like, I like this guy. He's like an updated James Dobson. Ryan Dobson and Rebel, Ryan Dobson, yeah. Rebel Parenting, which I'm pulling the sticker up right Ooh. here. Rebel Parenting. Ryan, I look is, this up. Ryan's a holy smoker. Okay. He really? just got into cigars within the last year. We've had him on the podcast, told his story. On my two travel humidors, I have Rebel Parenting stickers on there. Ryan's a client of mine. We produce his podcast. He's just, I love him to death. He's shout out to Ryan Dobson. Contact us at gutcheckpress.com so we can either like come out with your uh, absolutely no hold barred, no CBA restrictions, tell all, uh, (laughs) whatever your memoir, or just at least have you on the podcast and hear stories about focusing on. Dude, can you imagine being in the family? Of focus on the family and be like, have all the ideas like workshopped on you. Be oh, a ton of like, pressure. Well, here, what happens here's, here's if you don't thing. let your said, kid talk for three weeks? He, or, he, Ryan talks about the fact that for him growing up, his parents really, I mean, they modeled it, but they let him be him. If he wanted a mohawk, his parents let him have a mohawk. If he wanted to, you know, skateboard yeah. and whatever. About the only thing they really haven't felt comfortable with, and they still don't, is the whole tattoo thing, which Ryan has. Oh. Both Ryan and Laura have sleeves, and mm. yeah, I'll, that's a pretty I'll, safe I'll introduce rebellion. You guys. I'll introduce you guys to Ryan. Yeah, that'd be as cool. soon as we're done, I'll get an email together and I'll set you guys up. So that sounds like a possible interview. For uh, we're working on just to tell you in your listeners, we're working on uh, the 10 year anniversary, second edition, revised and expanded of the Christian Gentleman Smoking's Companion. Awesome. Uh, I think that'd be a cool interview. Yeah, What's it, it like to be uh, the son of James Dobson working in that organization and be a cigar guy? That sounds awesome. That'd be well, a lot of fun. Yeah. So, Zach, you have like five minutes left there. I've got a whole bunch of other oh. stuff that I wanted to talk to you about, but let's close it out with Marcos Ruiz and talk to the listener about his story. And by the way, listeners, I will get Marcos on at some point in the future. Yeah, you got to get Ruiz on. That guy's amazing. So Ruiz has this thing. He may still have it in Miami called El Lector. And he's a great guy, serious about his faith, active in his church. And he had a kind of cigar and discussion forum for men that he started bringing authors in and having people speak to these electoral groups. So I got to go down and do it twice. 
unbelievably like lavish, generous treatment from Ruiz. Showed us around Miami. We ate amazing food. You mentioned El Lector. What yeah. is that? I was fascinated when when I read this. Yeah, dude. So El Lector, apparently the premise was back in the day when these guys were rolling cigars in factories, they would have a storyteller come and read from a book or tell stories or give some kind of talk in the cigar factories to keep the cigar rollers entertained and, you know, keep morale up. So the second El Lector that I did with Ruiz, we actually did it in the Cuban crafters factory and shop <laughs> there in Miami, which was a blast. That was kind of a dream come true for me just to be around all that cigar magic yeah. and with Ruiz and a great audience and met Jack Tarano from the Tarano cigar family, who was an amazing guy, super, super fun dude to talk to and just great energy around Marcos and his ministry and those guys and love that that stuff exists. That's awesome. Well, gentlemen, the name of the book is The Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion with Ted Cluck and Zach Bartels. There's so much more in this book that it's great stuff, like 20 Ways to Smoke Cigars to the Glory of God, the story of Newsboys Jody Davis and how he got into crafting pipes. And yeah, this is just great. So I highly recommend get the Kindle version, get the paper version, whatever suits you, but get it. And we will be looking forward to the 10-year anniversary edition. I'm going to be getting that the day that it comes out. And gentlemen, would you mind coming back in the future on the podcast? Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots to. of fun. Love to. Great. So go to gutcheckpress.com, Amazon, connect with these guys. Gentlemen, if you're ever in the Colorado Springs area, we have a weekly meeting or we'll do a special holy smoke event a live podcast taping if you're ever in Colorado wow. springs or denver we got one going on i'm going to be heading out in about two hours we got a guy from dallas who's in town we got about a dozen people coming in for that live podcast taping but yeah thanks for being on the holy amazing. smokes podcast man thank you nice. so much for having thank us thank you sir yeah really enjoyed it